All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Oklahoma. Today is Thursday. It is April 26th and today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 55, third paragraph. We finally saw that faith, reading through two paragraphs ending with belief, is sure to come to you. We'll be commenting on both. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Rowan M., 12 Traditions, Holly S., readers of the text, Carrie N., Irene M., and Susan H. The reference numbers for Wednesday, April 25th, yesterday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11337, 11337, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11339, 11339. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rowan M. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Rowan. Hi, good morning, Kelly. I want to read the 12 steps. Oh, God, sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you so much, Rowan. And next up, we have Holly S., who will read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, Holly F. Reading 12 Traditions, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We're on page 55. We're on that third paragraph that says, we finally saw that faith. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with, belief is sure to come to you. And then we're going to comment on both paragraphs. So today, I will ask Terry in to begin our reading. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N., from New Jersey. Actually, I'm calling from Chicago. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was much as he was as much a fact as we were. We found that the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. We can only clear the ground a bit. 
If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. Well, I love that. With this attitude, you cannot fail. Um, this chapter has been talking about, you know, coming to believe in a power, and now it's telling me it's really been there all along, and it has been there all along, but I didn't utilize that power. I didn't know how to access that power in the way that I am learning to access that power now that relieves me of this disorder, that I this compulsive eating. Um, you know, I thought that it took me a long time to realize that I couldn't do it. I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and I, I couldn't do it. And that, um, that I had this illness and that I couldn't fix it, but that God could, that my human resources, as it says earlier in the chapter, as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. And I had to fail over and over in order to come to the point of that gift of desperation that everyone talks about um, that I was given and that I'm so grateful for. And um, the, the best part, I think, of this entire program is that is the broad highway, that you know, I don't need to consider anybody else's conception of a higher power. It's all my own, and I can, I can have my own ideas, and I don't have to adopt anybody else's ideas of a higher power, and it can be unique to me. And that opens the door for everyone, no matter where, where I come from, what I believed in, who I am, what religious affiliations I have, what if I didn't believe, if I did believe, all of it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where I came from. Um, it's open to, to everyone. It's, you know, and I feel like that I have finally at last, by the grace of God, joined us, joined you on the broad highway, and that I've been given such an incredible gift that I have to keep believing that what you are telling me to do, that I continue to do and do the footwork and do the things that are required because I want to hold on to this gift for dear life. And, you know, so I continue to, like, I, this, this right here, what I'm doing is extremely difficult to get on the line and share. I'm still, it's, it's, but you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I I trust that you're what you're telling me to be involved and get involved in service and do the things that I need to do are going to work and they are going to bring me closer to my higher power because I couldn't get on this line this morning without a whole lot of prayer first and so I have all these connections with God because I I need Him and I'm learning how to utilize Him and have a relationship and I'm just I'm really grateful and thank you so Time. much for letting me share. I'm done. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Um, so, who would like to read on the two paragraphs that were just shared or just read? Craig <laughs> S. Monica Kinji. P. Janice P.M. Nancy P. Mike B. Wait, hang on. 
Uh, okay, wait a minute. Here's who I have so far. Lisa B, Craig F, Kim G, Monica T, Janice P M. I heard some other voices. Nancy P. Nancy M. Mike P. Mike. Okay, let's stop there. Um, so everybody, please remute your phone. Press star one. So we'll have a nice quiet meeting. Here's the lineup. Lisa B. Craig F. Kim G. Monica T. Janice P. M. Nancy P. Irene M. Mike B. All right, guys. Starting with Lisa B. Craig F. You'll be next. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. There's so much here in this reading. Um, one is the broad highway. So he's sharing what it is to um, tap into this power. And for me, I needed to go through all the 12 steps entirely abstinent. I also needed to work with other recovered fellows because he's sharing that if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently, this is a recovered fellow explaining to us about the fourth step, the fifth step, doing all of the steps. And I needed to have access to recovered people, people that wouldn't just encourage me. I, I'm okay with finding people in the rooms that encourage me. Just keep coming back. You know, don't drink today. Don't eat today. Use the tools. I needed to hear the solution. I needed to hear from someone that has experienced this transformation and that word broad highway. I love that. Because when I'm in my illness, this fatal malady that tells me that it's really not that bad, it's a small, tight, pinched-off experience. And it's so not fulfilling, but broad, roomy, this broad highway. And then the other thing um, that I wanted to share on is that we can only clear, around, clear the ground a bit. I'll never arrive. It's constantly changing my experience with my higher power. And I love when they talk about um, uh, something about the friend, you know. My higher power is my friend today. But, again, for me, putting the food down, the alcoholic food behaviors, working with other people that are recovered, in whom the problem has been solved, that have a message, a solution to carry, not just encouragement, but an actual solution, and then going through these steps, that is my experience as well. I pass. Sorry about that. Thanks, Lisa B. Next up, Craig F., followed by Kim G. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Good. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this is a, an interesting couple of paragraphs to me. Um, you know, the... It, 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 what's interesting to me is the, he, he, the kind of juxt, juxt, juxtaposition of, uh, of the idea of, of being prejudiced against religion. You know, so often um, the, in, in this discussion, debate, um, you know, uh, I'm told you only believe in God because you were uh, raised to believe in God or you were... Uh, uh, you know, you were prejudiced to believe in God by uh, by how you were how you were raised or what you were taught, and uh, uh, you know that the clear thinker uh, doesn't. And I and and here he's saying uh, the exact opposite. Now, 
you know, that may be true about a particular religious belief that, uh, you know, that we're influenced by that. But he's saying it's natural, that it's a, a part of our makeup to believe in God, that we are, are born with that instinct for a reason, and uh, that it's prejudice that keeps us from experiencing not only to experiencing the belief, but experiencing God, and that that belief in God comes from our experiences with God being open to that experience, and you know that that is uh, that that is a thought that uh, is it seems wonderful and expansive to me. Uh, you know, I have to be not only open to uh, belief in God, but open to grow in that belief in that higher power, open to experiencing that belief, opening to open to seeing how that belief works in, in, in other people, uh, people of faith and people of recovery and to grow in, in my own, uh, faith and understanding, uh, through that experience. Uh, and what, what a wonderful, door opening in front of us to say that if we will simply sweep away prejudice and and get in touch with that inborn instinct that we will have this uh, satisfying and uh, wonderful experience with God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig F. Um, What the heck? Where am I? Sorry, Kim G. Sorry about that. Kim G., you're up next by Monica T. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Oh, we found that the great reality deep down within us. You know, the answer is God. And if the answer truly was God, and we could do that as step two, a connection with the power. I have to be honest with you, we would have a two-step program. Basically, we wouldn't need the big book. We could just have a pamphlet. Acknowledge you have a problem and the solution is God. Go forth and be happy. You know, so step two, all it is is the conclusion. It's an acknowledgement that I need a power. So why are we resistant to that? You know, I find for myself when I work with people, my experience in OA, was that I didn't fully do a step one. Because if I'm not convinced I'm powerless, then who the heck cares about a power? If I can just make the choice today not to eat, if I can just get back on track, there's no reason for me to have a power because I have the power. So this chapter is not really trying to teach us about God or have us to have any kind of set ideas about what that power needs to be. It's trying to convince us that we need a power. Now, if we're out in the world and we have a problem, what is often the solution? More. You know, the problem is you need more money, more power, more sex. But what do these 12 steps tell us? They're telling us that the great reality is deep down within us. And the 12-step solution is subtraction, not addition. So how am I going to find that power? How am I going to get access to that power deep down within me? We have to uncover, discover, and discard. We've got to get all that crap that we've put between us and that power that wants to help us desperately. So let's look at what the 12 steps do. In four and five, We're going to look at three inventories. We're going to look at our resentments. We're going to look at our fears. We're going to look at our sex conducts, which is basically our relationships with other people. And they're going to be cast to one side. Then in six and seven, we're going to find out what are those defects within us, those character defects 
that are blocking us, that we're selfish, we're dishonest, we're self-seeking, we're frightened, and those are going to get cast to one side. And then in eight and nine, we're going to get rid of the guilt, the shame, and the remorse on how we've treated other people. But the warning is, once we get through and we get access to that power, we're going to easily start putting shit, put stuff in, in, in front of it again. So that daily reprieve, how we stay connected to that power, is we have to utilize this inventory process four through nine over and over and over again. So why is it, if it's that simple, why isn't Overeaters Anonymous at 100% recovery if it's that simple? You know, we're going to be coming up to page 58 with that famous line I think we all hear in meetings, rarely have a seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. My personal experience is rarely have I seen someone thoroughly follow this path. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up, Monica T., followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Wow. Trying to follow Kim here. Woo! Very good. Thank you, Kim. Lack of power. On page 45, I'm taking you back to page 45, paragraph 1. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? And I was told, notice, this is a question here. So now we're on page 55, and this question is being answered. How and where am I to find this power? I've got to find this power because I'm screwed. I'm powerless. Where? How? Yeah, it's called doing the steps. And they're telling us here in this paragraph how I have to search fearlessly. Step four, where deep down within me? And Bill feels that this is so very important, this how and where. In the next paragraph that was read, he repeats it. How? How am I going to do this? I have to think honestly. Step four, and search diligently. You know, our step four inventory. I got I to search diligently, deeply, carefully, thoroughly. Where? Within myself. You know, I've got to turn it around and step four and stop pointing my finger at you and you and you and you. You did this, you did this, you did that. And I have to turn it around and look at me. What did I do? How did I carry this on? How did I continue this? I have to do the steps. And then we have the step two promise. With this attitude, you cannot fail. Wow. And the consciousness, your awareness, your knowledge, your realization of your belief is sure to come to you. You know, this is all a process. So they're being so I'm being told how and where, you know, I've got to find this power greater than me because my way has not worked. And with that I pass. Thank you so much, Monica T. Next up, Janice P. M. followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Janice. Yeah, and good morning to you, Leslie, and everyone. My name is Janice PM. Very powerless. Um, yeah, thank you, Kim. And <laughs> this is crosstalk, but you know, they just took everything that I wanted to say. But that's okay. Um, re- re- repetition is good. Yeah, that's. This is a rallying point. This is a, a rallying point that 
gives us an option. Okay, when they, it's a promise, but we don't get this promise here because we haven't done any action yet. We just came to a conclusion. So the rallying point is, okay, they're promising me this. Well, what do you mean they're promising me this? Well, the testimony. You know, what is testimony? Testimony is con- is validation, is confirmation that these people that wrote this book, if you could time me, please, um, that uh, the, the evidence is supportive. This is what they did. This is what they're going to do. They're going to go on to the next step. They're just making a decision. They're not making a decision here, but it's a conclusion. All this other God of reason and everything didn't work. So, okay, let's try something else. So they're validating what they did, you know, after the first step. So this is, um, you know, support of the truth. This is the, they're declaring. It tests what testimony is. They declare that the, this is their experience, what they what they practice, and um, <clears throat> so this promise is going to come true. This is the promise of step two that you know, um, this is going to happen. You know, I'm going to come to believe. I don't necessarily have to come to believe right now, but I have to have at least the willingness to believe. And so we're going to, and then they're telling us, you know, the opinions that I had before, I let them go, you know, the prejudices um, and the biases, um, let them go and, and be truthful. And, and diligently, like it was said, carefully and thoroughly, we're going to uh, do this action, these actions of step four, through 12, why? Because I lack power. That is my problem. And in our book, which we've read in the past here, um, on page 40, what was it, page 24, I believe, let me just see, it's, uh, it says, the fact is that uh, most of us lost the power of choice. So when we act and when we do these steps, See, we think, okay, I've already, you know, I, I believe, I believe, no. But we're going to unblock those blocks that, that why I didn't have the power. So these steps are going to unblock those things, and the power is going to, is going to be revealed to us. And uh, that's what it means. And it's the consciousness of your belief, not my belief, not somebody else's belief, but your belief is sure. It's a promise, and it does happen because I can give testimony to that also. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice PM. And next up, Nancy P., followed by Irene M. Good morning, Nancy. Nancy, star one to unmute. Can I be heard? Yes, you Hello? can. Hello? Okay. Here. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm in my car waiting for everybody to come out. So at least I'm not driving. If you could time me, I, I'm I'm not smart enough. To... Well, I just lost you, Nancy. Right. And they were, they they had grown up in a in a devout or observant home, and um, but they were still you know concerned about this God thing. And I my own personal experience was, I had been grew up also in an observant home, or you know some sort of a home that that had religion in it and I never really um had a relationship with God I wasn't I was living in parallel to what I believed there was sort of you know this God thing but didn't really know and um when I you know I said well you you know she went to religious you know like a parochial school and you know had 
much better infrastructure ready, you know, to, um, to take advantage of when it came time to um, do these steps, and, but was still concerned. And I said, as my sponsor told me, you know, don't worry about it because eventually you'll have a spiritual awakening. And for me, the key word here is um, honestly, honesty, because when I first read this book in 1971, um, I, I consumed it like the way that I ate, which was fast and without tasting it. I, I, I consumed it quickly without even experiencing the flavor of it. And, um, you know, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm ready. Okay. I've read the book. Okay. I'm ready. And, but when, to me, the word honestly means that I stop and really, because I'm inherently dishonest, I stopped and I thought about it. Like when I picked apart what I really thought and how I, how, how these words applied to me, how I could, how I could, um, you know, absorb these words in terms of my own life, then I was, then I found what I needed. And um, that was miraculous. I mean, miraculous isn't even a good enough word. I really felt as though, um, I described it as like a, a, you know, like I'm on this train, you know, this 12-step train, but I need tickets. And the, the currency that I pay for those tickets are honesty and willingness. So I was absolutely backed up against the wall. I mean, absolutely backed up against the wall, one of many times. But this time, for whatever reason, um, I got it. I got that I was backed up against the wall. And I was willing to not only do whatever I was told, but embrace it. I embraced it. And I did every single thing that my sponsor said to do. And I've since come to, you know, it's like I'm these tender little shoots of green that are poking up you know, still new, but very determined to uh, make a make a go of this. And I can honestly say that it doesn't take that long. I thought I was going to have to be, you know, 30 years sitting on the top of a mountain. And if not, and, 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 and as well as that, when I got there, I wanted everybody to come and bow down to me and say, oh, my God, look at her recovery. Now I don't care any about that. And I can honestly say that it doesn't, God is dying to get to know me. I, Time. I thank you. I'll wrap up. God ran to me, and now I say, now I can say that I truly, truly believe, and it's available to anyone. Trust me, if it's available to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Next up, Arini M. Followed by Mike E. Mike B. Thanks, thanks, Arini. Thank you, Kelly, for your service, and good morning, my spiritual. Brothers and sisters, my name is Edini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. It says here, we finally saw. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, God, and thank you to all of my fellows for helping me wake up, for helping me take off. I, I was wearing a mask of denial and distorting the truth. That mask was polluting and suffocating my breath. That mask that was depleting all of my energy and trying to be perfect and right all the time, that mask I was refusing to take off, and it hypnotized me for years. I was sleepwalking through life, and it blocked me from the light of the spirit. It says here, sometimes we had to search fearlessly. I needed to get connected so I can be connected and stay connected with God, myself, and others. And how was I supposed to do that? Simply knock and the door opens. An invitation to accept a gift of faith. 
I needed a power, and I accepted a kindred spirit, a new love, a new friend. And the excitement of that awakening, that knowing in the depths of my being that there is something so there, so real, and so true, and healing at the same time. And just by simply opening our hearts and minds to accept that whisper of love, that's what it is. It's a whisper of love. It says, but he was there. He was as much a fact. And what is a fact? It's the truth. It's reality as we were. In other words, God is very real and not a lie. And he may be found. Seek and you shall find him. And it's through the grace of God we become vessels of his grace and his power. And when we reject this fact, this truth, it leaves us powerless. It leaves us restless, irritable, and discontent. So the question is to ask, what are we really hungry for? I know I was hungry for the truth. And what kind of food do we really need to be fulfilled? And that's the truth. Where does our main source of happiness come from? Food? People? Materialistic things? I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's the light. It's that leads us his way, and it's for everybody. It is God's word that feeds me and nourishes me and heals me and uses me to shine his light through me. Wow. All we have to do is shift our attitude to be open and to receive, to ask and it shall be given. Ask for willingness and be humble and that we can be honest so we want to save ourselves from ourselves. So we can be awakened each and every day and enjoy the present moment that change and growth. Time. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Irene M. Next up is Mike B. Good morning, Mike. Mike, press star one to unmute. Are Are we there? Yes, we are. Oh, good. For a minute there, I didn't know if I was muted or if I was if I was unmuted or whatever. Well, I just want to say this is an absolute beautiful thing because I am a compulsive eater. I still am. I'm just starting to get into the process. And I've been part of groups before where Overeaters Anonymous was given to me as a tool to uh, to work on where I'm at right now. I still eat out the fast food probably about 10 to 20 times a month. I'm, I do cook, but I don't cook enough. And so I'm working, I'm, I'm still going through the motions. But what I'm hearing about this and with this book that's going around, uh, God is a higher power. And sometimes we get into, we get into ruts and, and God's there for us all the way through. I pray to God every day, in some of those obscure places, you know, either out when I'm out or where I'm home alone. But the fact is, I believe what's going on, and I love what I'm hearing, and this is great. And so I'm a rookie at this, but what I also would need is all everybody's help. doesn't matter if it's across the country or around the world. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is absolutely beautiful. And for that, I pass. Thank you so much, Mike B. Okay, so uh, just a reminder, here's where we're at. 
page 55 in the big book, third paragraph, we finally saw that faith, we read through two paragraphs ending with belief is sure to come to you, been commenting on both of those paragraphs, and now who would like to share about that? This is Arlene A. Katie G. from Boston. Melissa J. Leah M. Carmela G. Arlene H. Sue Ann D. Who was that last person? Who was that last person? Sue Ann Ann D. Okay. D. All right. So here's who I heard so far. Um, Katie G. Leah M. Carmela G. Eileen H. Lynn, I didn't get your middle, your last initial, and Sue N D. So let's just stop there and see if we have time for any more. If you guys can all please remute your phone, press star one. We will start with Katie G, followed by Leah M. Hey, Hello, Katie. Kelly. Good morning. Good morning, my friends. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. Yeah, I just, I guess I was thinking this morning about the profound shift from when I came into program and like what happens because I lived my whole life thinking that by getting stuff, I would find peace and happiness and joy and yeah, probably God. And what this book keeps telling me and what our teachers keep teaching me is that again, this is that process of, as was mentioned previously, uncovering, discovering and discarding, you know, and um, I love this line the consciousness of my belief is sure to come. That God is as natural as a, a love I have for a friend. Like, I don't think about that. I don't create who the friend is. I don't, I just know, like, I, I just love this friend. You're a great friend, unless I'm in resentment, which is a whole different issue. But, you know, the the consciousness of my belief, like, and I guess, um, for me today, what I was thinking about is that through doing continuous inventory, right? Like I'm recovered just for these 24 hours. And as so many of my recovered teachers teach me, like I cannot get clean on yesterday's shower. And I continue to see my prejudice, my, um, and the things that block me from God, like God is inside of me. And I've spent my whole life stuffing down and, you know, pushing away feelings and um, insights and all of that. But he's there. And then when I do four through nine, when I do step 10, whatever you want to call it, when I'm looking at what is my responsibility? What is the problem? Like, it's never what's going on. The problem is never what's going on in my life. It is my judgment. It is me saying there is something wrong. There is something wrong with you. There is something wrong with me. There is something wrong with everyone. And then I engage in those self-seeking behaviors and I create confusion rather than harmony. And this consciousness of my belief happens when I call, when I, I, I realize as a recovered woman, oh, I'm blocked. God, please remove it. I discuss it with someone immediately, and then it's like the truth lands. The truth lands deep down inside me in my DNA, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I knew that. And it's not always comfortable. In fact, a lot of times the truth, it's not comfortable. Even as a recovered woman, it's not comfortable. And thank you, God, I have people around me who are able to help me and willing to help me live on that on that line of discomfort because 
I need to stay current with God. I need to have that consciousness. That's going to feed me. You know, so if you're new and you're not understanding any of this, just know, as was mentioned previously, this is just a decision. You're not God. And over time, God has emerged within me and it continues to grow as long as I continue entire abstinence and these steps each and every day. With that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up, Leah M., followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, Kelly. If you wish, you can join us. Uh, That's quite an invitation, and it speaks of the responsibility that I have as a a recovered person uh, to implement this work. You know, uh, if you wish, you can join us. If you wish, you can have this thing. You know, if, if, we made, if we made two lines, even from the fellowship of a vision for you, if we made two lines, two groups of people, those who recover and those who do not, the line of folks who recover is still going to be shorter. <laughs> even though we come on this line every day and, uh, you know, hear the teaching and the personal experience of the program of recovery, the reality is, the reality is that the line of folks who recover would be very short, and the line of folks who don't recover would be endless. Uh, And do you know who chooses which line you're in? You do. I do. You know, it's, it's not who gets it and who doesn't. It's who does it and who doesn't. Because there's no evil force here. There's no limit on God's grace, as far as I can see. Those who recover aren't special. We don't have special credentials. Uh, We haven't been appointed by a special group of people to come on the line. Um, You know, against all odds, I was destructing by my own hand under the guise of seeking uh, ease and comfort. I was sick and tired. And... You know, as hard as it is to come here, uh, the truth is it's harder to stay in recovery, um, you know, because the work continues and life gets bigger and life gets bigger. But the reality is, if you wish, you can join us. If you wish, you can recover. Am I going to cooperate with God's grace? You know, in 1939, it's true, they penned, rarely have we seen a person fail. And that's as true today as it was then, except you've got to get to the punchline. You've got to read further. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. People like me, real compulsive overeaters, addicts, uh, more often than not will not make it here. And it's not because it doesn't work. It's because we don't work it. You know, God, I believe God is a loving and merciful God. God doesn't pick and choose who makes it in this program and who recovers. You know, I think God loves everybody equally. God gives every one of us, in my opinion, the same amount of grace. Then why do some people recover and some people don't? I think it's because some of us act upon and cooperate with the God's, with God's grace that is so available to us. So the, I'm, my point is to be encouraging, uh, you know, that uh, the, the highway is broad and recovery is possible. And uh, please join us. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leia M. Next up, Carmela G., followed by Eileen H. Good morning, Carmela. Hi, Carmela G. from New York. Um, Thank you for allowing me to share, and it's great to be back home and able to listen to you every morning again. Um, 
I love the line where it says, he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We had to find him. We had to get out of his way. And I can say that truly for myself. I always believed in a God. But at 315 pounds, I kept taking my big butt and shoving him over and saying, I got this. I can do this. I'm okay. I, I, I got it. It's all right. And today, today, it is such an amazing gift when I get out of myself and I want to be the person that God wants me to be instead of my egotistical, willful self. And I try to be that person that he would want. Everyone in the world benefits. My family benefits. Strangers benefits. I just returned from 10 days in Florence, Italy. And the person I traveled with had never been away, and that was the reason I went. She wanted to meet her family. And the reality is, she said to me, you're like a magnet. Why are people so nice to you? But it wasn't me. It was because God was working through me. And one day I walked into the hotel and I got a gift. It, the the fellow behind the counter said, Miss Miss uh, Carmela, you have a note. And I said, a note? And I thought it was a message from my family back home, but it wasn't. It was a letter from some people that I met one evening, just strolling, and they were from Belgium. And the note said, we are leaving today, but we will never see you again, but you will always be in our heart. That, that only occurred because I found this power that was greater than Carmela. So abstinence, yes, I maintained it. And that was another gift because people were saying, oh, you could have this, you got to try this, it's our specialty. No, I don't need it because I was filled with gratitude and love. And that is a gift I treasure every single day. And thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Next up, Eileen H., followed by Lynn. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. My name is Arlene H., and that's okay. And uh, I am a compulsive overeater. I love these two paragraphs. Um, we finally saw that a faith in God was part of our makeup. And I think that um, either drinking or overeating uh, both took us like into this la-la land of oblivion and fogged up our thinking. And it was this low-level desire for spirituality. So it is part of my makeup to get into a place that is like the fourth dimension something beyond our wildest dreams. And that's in my makeup. And if we f- search fearlessly, God was there. And to um, to treat God as a friend, I would have to be a friend, meaning I have to connect and connect and connect. 
um, searching fearlessly, that he's there, the truth is there, way down underneath everything, that the fact is that I don't want to overeat. The fact is I just want this feeling. I ate for effect, and I want this feeling. If I can find this gem, which is there in each and every one of us, then um, I could constantly seek and I could... Um, I could um, clear away prejudice. I could think honestly. If I got honest with the food, it isn't the food that I wanted. It is, in fact, to be true to self. And if I um, constantly seek God, if I bring him into my morning meditation, if I, if I seek him throughout the day and I take a pause when I need to, I can walk on this broad highway with everyone else. I love what Leah was saying. Um, if, if, the smallest, largest word in our dictionary, if, if we take these actions, with this attitude we cannot fail because we become true to ourselves. If we clear away all the rest of the noise in our head, then we can hear that small, soft voice of our own instinct, of our own desire to be right-sized, to walk this earth. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. That's, that's Sauter Prayer Meditation to improve our conscious contact, the consciousness of it. So the only way we could improve it is if we have it somewhere. So here is where we have it. Here is where I get it. Here is where I connect with the power. And it is so with me. And if I can sincerely listen Bye. to myself. Thank you very much. If I can sincerely listen to myself, I will be walking with everyone else. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Arlene H. Next up is Lynn, followed by Sue and D. Lynn, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive right. overeater in Toronto, Canada. Thank you. We found the great reality deep down within us in the last analysis. And I thought that, that really struck me, the last analysis. And isn't that so true with me? in my experience in recovery and in being a recovered compulsive overeater. It's the last analysis. And, you know, I just think of, of um, the years I've been in program, which is coming up to 30, and the searching and the struggling and the debating and the reasoning and the rationalizations and the aha moments and thinking I've got it but maybe not and and it's this continual deeper understanding and I was also thinking you know it had it was deep down within me I had to get deeper than that extra 140 pounds I was carrying I had to you know, with God's help, obviously, in absence, but I had to get rid of that. And then there was the digging deeper through all the character defects that were blocking me 
from God that was deeper down inside me than those character defects. And all the debating and reasoning and thinking I have it now and and uh, going this way and that way and then being brought back to the past and it, it just it just strikes me it's um, it's always deeper and it's always my last analysis that brings me to the point where I am now where I have an incredible God connection and you know, there's always going to be 10-step work that has to be done. There's always going to be this work that has to be done because it's it's continuing to go deeper and to rest into God and to lean on God. And one of my spiritual teachers um, always says, you know, the people with the longest time in a program who struggle the most, they don't trust and rely on God. And learning how to do that Recovery is a process. The process is working the 12 steps um, and the continuation of working those steps allows me to go deeper and then thank God, thank God for recovery and thank God that, that those of us who want to recover and do the work, we get to that last analysis because we keep going. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for everybody on the line, and thank you for the shares this morning, and thank you, God, for this incredible program. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lynn S. And next up is Sue N. D. Sue, you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Um, my name is Sue Ann D., and I'm from uh, New York. Um, I'm a compulsive reader, and um, I want to thank you for your service, um, and it's been a godsend to me, uh, this, uh, a vision for you. Um, I was walking through life uh, as though I controlled it, and I didn't even realize it. Um, I didn't realize that... I had this uh, compulsion to control um, until I tried to give up my control and find willingness instead of willfulness um, and accept that a higher power uh, would always be with me if I allowed that higher power in to my life. Um, Thanks to the program uh, and working the steps, I have allowed my higher power in. Um, I am now abstinent and feel on a daily basis that my higher power is with me. Um, I don't look for more than that uh, because it's a lot of work to just allow my higher power in on a daily basis to open the door and give up um, that willfulness. Um, and the part that said we had to find him, he was always there or she was always there. But um, I had to acknowledge that there was a power greater than myself. And... Of course there is. 
um, I mean, I say that now. I look around at nature. I look around at this world. I didn't create this. Um, I couldn't. I don't have that kind of power. And if I didn't create the world, then how can I solely be responsible for my life? The only thing I can be responsible for are my actions. Um, And the thing that made me realize that my higher power is alive in me always is one of my teachers um, saw in me uh, the lack of love that I had for myself. And she said, every day just look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. And I did that. I didn't do it every day, but I thought it, and lo and behold, it happened. Thank you. Pass. Thank you so much, Suzanne. All right. Well, that's the end of our meeting. I'm just grateful today, three years after 30 years, that I finally am thoroughly following this path and have joined you guys on this broad highway. What a gift. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, April 26, 11346, 11346. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Irene M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you. Um, With great pleasure and honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you will find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.